Welcome to the About Her podcast. I'm your host, Abigail O'Neill. In honor of Valentine's Day, I invited my favorite friend, my husband, Caleb O'Neill, onto the podcast to help me answer questions about dating, marriage, relationships, love, engagements, weddings, all the things. Caleb and I had so much fun answering your questions. We turned it into a date night and ate little charcuterie boards and we answered questions and it was just a lot of fun. So I hope that this episode will be an encouragement to you. If we didn't get to one of your questions, I will be sure to answer the ones that we missed over on Instagram. You can follow me at abigail.oneal or at the About Her podcast to see our answers to those questions that we missed. Without further ado, let's chat with Caleb O'Neill about marriage, dating, engagements, weddings, all the things. Happy Valentine's Day. All right. Well, are you ready? I am. Can you just tell us a little bit about yourself? I am currently a worship leader. I graduated from Cedarville University with my degree in worship a few years ago. Uh, I've worked at my church now for just shy of eight years. I am uh, one of six kids, so I love big families. We got the opportunity to foster when I was a kid, and so I just love getting to serve, and uh, yeah. Here's our first question that someone submitted. They asked, what were your first impressions of each other? Would you like to go first, or would you like me to? I can go first. Okay. I think, I thought that you were the, the cutest girl in the world. So I know that's still true, obviously. Uh, but seriously, I think the first thing that first time I think I met you was at church. We first started attending that church. They were doing kind of like a missions trip, like recap. And so they were kind of sharing about the trip and you specifically. I remember kind of talking about like a little testimony um, and just talking about how much you cared for the people, what all you guys got to do. And I think I remember you singing on the worship team that night. Mm-hmm. Is that right? I think so. Okay. Yeah. So I remember just thinking that you were super talented. And so between um, you being super cute, being caring and talented, I I just knew that I would want to get to know you more. And so all these things are still true today. Uh, And so it's just a joy to serve with you and serve, uh, be served by you. I would say I remember an event around the same time frame. I don't remember meeting you that exact night, but there was a night close to that where we had another youth event. And for some reason in my mind, I remember it being like a comedy dinner or some sort of dinner. And you ended up coming with some friends of yours who were also serving at this dinner and you just kind of jumped in and served. So I thought that was pretty cool that you were just serving, even though you weren't a part of our youth group, you decided to serve. Um, At least that's how I remember it. But um, I would say that attentive service to others and your servant-hearted leadership is also still something I love about you, one of my favorite qualities. So I would say that first impression was very accurate. Um, You were also super kind, and I was excited that you got to know my brother because you were a very good influence and friend to my brother, and I just enjoyed getting to know you through that. So Unfortunately, I was dating someone at the time, so I wasn't initially attracted to you but in that way, but I was attracted to you as a friend and as a brother in Christ, and I would say that aspect of our relationship back then has still benefited our relationship in marriage even now. So even though I wasn't initially attracted to you in that way, I still really appreciate the foundation that we have as brother and sister in Christ and as friends that we built mm-hmm. our marriage off of. Sure. Playing off of that, can someone asked, can we hear Caleb's side of your How You Met story? Yeah, so uh, my family 
my dad's a worship pastor, uh, was all my life too. And so my family moved churches and I, we kind of just started going to the youth group and that's when I met Garrett, your brother. And so it was kind of jumped quickly into us hanging out a lot. And almost every weekend I was either at your house or Garrett was at my house. And so pretty quickly I developed a crush on you. And I remember there was one night we used to prank text people all the time and I really wanted to get your number, but I was really <laughs> nervous to ask you, just ask you for your number. And so I was like, Hey Garrett, how about we prank text Abby? And so I'll do it for my phone. I volunteered. So I got your number and I remember probably texting you every once in a while. You probably thought I was crazy. And you did because after a few years you were calling me little brother and you told me you loved me, but you meant it in a different way than I did. And so uh, <laughs> after a few years of kind of that, our family's even being close. I remember I finally told you that I liked you. And so shortly after that, I remember talking to your dad and getting uh, his permission to date you. And then, yeah, we went on our first date and now we're married and it's almost been five years. What was our first date? Would you like to tell them what our first date was? (laughs) Uh, Kind of no, but also yes, because uh, our first date was to Applebee's and partially because I didn't have my license yet and you had to drive (laughs) me. And so that was about as creative as 15-year-old Caleb was. But I remember having an awesome time. Did you feel awkward at all having been such good friends? I remember feeling like I was a little nervous because we were friends and I didn't know how it was going to go. Were you nervous at all being friends, going out on a date with me? No, because I think like being friends made me even more sure that I wanted to go on a date with you, you know? I remember being nervous because I was like, at any point she could totally change her mind. But I think it was awesome. I also, I hopefully I'm remembering this right, but I think we grabbed ice cream and we went back to your parents' house. We went on a walk around your parents' neighborhood, which was something yep. we did a lot in high school. Very on And brand. then we, yeah, then we came back to your parents' house and I think we watched The Pink Panther with your siblings. Is that right? Or was that another day? I think day? that sounds right. I'm pretty sure that was our first date. Sounds about right. That was a good time. Next question. Someone asked, how did each of you individually know that you were ready to be married? So we obviously dated for a pretty extended period of time. We, I would say I felt very confident by the time we were talking about marriage. I was very confident that we were a good team and good partners. And I saw the way you interacted with your mom and your family, and I knew you'd be a good husband and we could have a good family together. So I would say I was pretty ready for marriage because we had known each other for so long which not everybody has that extended period of time to date, but a couple things that anyone could look out for to, regardless of how long they date would be, I was definitely paying attention to how well you led our youth band because I got to see you as a leader in that setting. So I appreciated your servant leadership and you were very authoritative and you were you recognized that you were in a position of authority, but you used that authority in a way that was very admirable and you served others through the position that you had as a leader. So I knew that would probably carry over into our marriage. And then I would also say I noticed that you were very humble and your Christ-like leadership communicated to me that you were going to serve your wife and love your wife as Christ loved the church. So I saw you exemplifying through the way you treated me and your mom and your family Ephesians 5.25. And then lastly, I would also say like we were pretty much on the same page on most major issues. So theology, morality, politics. I don't think you have to be 100% on the same page, but 
thankfully we are pretty much 100% on the same page, so that's really nice. But yeah, so I would say in general, we were on the same page on a lot of major issues. And then we had full support from our family and friends, which was also affirmation. So I would say that's how I would say I felt confident that I was ready to marry you. But what would you say? One of the things that we did all the time was like go stargazing at that park at my parents' house. Remember that? Mm-hmm. And I remember one night it was like super late and we just spent like hours talking about like what we wanted in our future, like how we felt like the Lord was calling us to do ministry or whatever it would be. And I remember thinking one of the times that was probably pretty early on when we were, when we were dating. Yeah, that was, was like, super early. Yeah. There's probably like <laughs> two or three months into it. But I remember thinking like, man, like, they, all of these things are like things I want in a wife, like someone who cares about people uh, really well, someone who is willing to like sacrifice for their family and ministry and serve well. And so for me, like early on, I was like, this just makes sense. And so for me, it wasn't really like, is this the right person? It was like, can we like financially and like physically get married, if that makes sense? Because it was really yeah. clear to me that like you were the person I wanted to spend the rest of my life with. And so I think that was big for me. Like, Obviously, the whole purpose of dating really is to just get get to know a life partner, and so um, I think I, that was already clear to me. And then one of the big things, as far as encouragements for me, was kind of like you mentioned at the end of what you were saying, was like there's the encouragement of your family and the people around you. Because I remember we didn't really want a super long engagement, and so I remember going to my dad's office and saying, "Hey, like, do you have time for lunch today?" And he was like. Uh, well, no, I have two or three meetings and I said, okay, that's cool. Well, I wanted to let you know though. Uh, I wanted your advice. Like I'm thinking about proposing to Abby. And so he was like, okay, I'll cancel all my meetings. Let's go to lunch right now. (laughs) And so kind of on that lunch, like he just encouraged me, uh, that I had done like kind of my due diligence in caring for you, but also finding a partner that made sense, uh, to serve with and further the gospel with. And so he was like, just go ahead and do it. Like, just go ahead and like text her dad. And so, um, I was like, well, shoot, let's do it. And so I texted her dad while my dad and I were at lunch and that was a Monday. I texted her dad and said, Hey, can we meet tomorrow? And he said, yes. And so that next day, uh, I talked to her dad, asked permission to marry you. And then that night we went ring shopping because your birthday was the next day and we figured we could go ahead. I, I wanted to go ahead and propose then. And so, from Monday, in my dad's encouragement and saying, hey, you should do this. And then to Tuesday, your dad's encouragement saying, hey, you should do this. And so for me, I already knew I wanted to, but with the affirmation of both of those guys who I really respect, um, I don't know, it, just, it was encouraging to know that I was making a good decision. So I think that's pretty important and uh, how kind of I felt like we were ready to take that step to get married, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. On top of that, when we were talking about how long we wanted our engagement to be, I think I was aiming for a year because I thought that's what I needed to plan. And so when we were talking with our families, I think it was my dad, it may have been my mom, but both of my parents were like, why are you waiting whole, whole year? Like, why don't you just get, why don't you make it like a six month engagement and get married in May? Cause it, there were some logistics things, things that made sense. So even when we were talking engagement, my parents at least were like, you don't have to have a whole year, just go ahead and get married. So we had full support from our family, which was awesome. Absolutely. Yeah, I agree. How did you or do you deal with sexual temptation and or sin before and during marriage? It's really important to find people that you can be honest with and be accountable to. And so for me, that was you occasionally when we had to talk about certain things. Um, 
or I just was really blessed with Nathan, my brother, and your brother, Garrett. And so we were regularly talking to each other about, like, hey, like, how can we be lives that are full of purity? How can we care for the people in our lives uh, and respect them and dealing with whatever temptation it would be? And so I think for me, it's just finding people to encourage you, keep you accountable. I remember um, just the hope that we find in the gospel and that sexual temptation is kind of anti-gospel. Uh, so, yeah, I think that's probably what it would be. What about after marriage? I think the same stuff that I said ring true, like having people that you could talk to, uh, being open with your spouse and saying, hey, this is an area of struggle for me. Like, help me do better in this area. And can I talk to you about this? And, and finding those things to make sure that you're both being wise and keeping from any uh, temptations. I think that's probably the best. Mm-hmm. Something else that came to my mind while you were speaking was the Billy Graham rule, which we pretty much follow to a T, but we try really hard not to be with the opposite sex in one-on-one settings. We try to either have someone else of the same gender with us, or we just try to avoid those scenarios altogether. And we also really avoid speaking about each other or our problems or speaking about personal things with the opposite sex. That was something that was recommended to us in marriage counseling was avoiding those conversations and not going to the opposite sex mm-hmm. to vent or to complain because those deep discussions can really easily turn into other discussions and it can take you down a rabbit hole you really don't want to go down. So yeah, that's something that we try to avoid. Yeah, for sure. And then also I think there's some scenarios where you do need counseling or you might need to talk to a professional. So that's not a bad thing and I definitely recommend that too. Yeah. No, absolutely. And I was going to say that too with the that stuff – uh, we talked about in premarital counseling, just being careful to, if you have struggles in your relationship, talk to someone of your gender, talk to someone who's going to champion for both in, both of you, um, mm-hmm. rather than develop some of those those partnerships really when it comes to that could lead to wrong areas and stuff. So it's, it's wise for sure. And also something that we did very intentionally was choosing our bridal party. And we didn't just choose anyone. We made sure we were choosing men and women that we knew would support us and champion us even when we were married. And so even though picking your bridesmaids and your groomsmen might seem like a small thing, pick the people that you know you can call when things get difficult and the people that will continue to shape and mold you and disciple you. Just be intentional about those decisions because those people are affirming your marriage with you. So try to find people that will encourage you even after you're married. Next question. Tell us about your funniest date story. Okay, so the first date that came to my mind was the Dayton Dragons game we went to. And I think this was 2018. It was the summer of 2018 when we went to this one. So one of our first dates back in high school was a Dragons game. So like every year we try to recreate this date and go to a Dragons game in July or August just to revisit those memories. And usually it's a time where we get to talk about the year and just kind of reflect on the year together. But on this particular visit to the Dragons game, we arrived super early. I think we were trying to get dinner before we were sitting there, and we didn't really realize that the early birds are the ones that get asked to participate in the in-between inning on-field games. So a guy came up to us and asked us to play a game called Order Up. And we had to dress up like chefs. And then we went down onto the field and competed against another couple as we threw giant hamburger toppings across the dragon's field to each other. So I think you were the thrower and you threw the big giant hamburger toppings across over to me and I had to stack them, catch them and stack them on a giant platter to make a hamburger. And whoever made the hamburger first won. We lost. Um, 
but we knew the other couple, which was kind of ironic, and we still got free t-shirts. So that was the date that came to my mind. Yeah, that date was awesome. So the one that I thought about uh, when I read through the question was, do you remember the date that we went on? There was a guy, the guy at church who was a detective, and he was like looking for people <laughs> who were like in high school. And so the detective was looking for people who were in high school who would go kind of like on a sting, basically, and go to with two detectives to different every establishment in the the city that we lived in, the kind of town that's kind of small. And try and buy alcohol at each of those establishments, but being underage. And so you and I got paid to be on this date, but also got to go with them and try and buy alcohol at different uh, stores and stuff around our houses. And so I remember that being just being like a really fun story that we kind of both experienced. I remember also maybe making out a little bit in the back of the cop car. We kissed like maybe once or twice. That wasn't like making out in a cop car. It sounds cooler if we say we were making out. (laughs) But on that date, and I think probably the reason it's actually funny is that the the gas station closest to my house that I frequented often, uh, they actually was the only place that sold alcohol to you. And so that was kind of crazy, uh, which was just so hilarious. But yeah, they got, they got all written up and all that jazz. But that's just kind of funny to me. I just feel like we should need to clarify a couple things. Like this wasn't alcohol for ourselves. Like we went in, we would buy it underage and we would show them our ID. And if it was, if they checked our ID and realized we were underage, they would say, no, you can't buy this. And we would say, you're right. And we would leave. But the one time that actually sold it to us, they forgot to check our ID. They sold it to us and we would walk it out straight to the police car, hand it to the cops, and they would go in and like write up the establishment for not selling alcohol appropriately or according to the standards that they were supposed to. So we didn't like walk out with alcohol ourselves like underage, but. Good clarification. I felt That's like good. I should clarify that. What has been the biggest challenge for you guys in marriage so far? I would say for me, the biggest challenge has just been primarily navigating life as a pastor's wife because there's some additional challenges or unique things about being a pastor's wife that I didn't necessarily expect. There's definitely a learning curve still realizing how intense ministry can be at times. And our ministry experience so far has included a number of challenging seasons like COVID and a tornado hit our church. And so you dealt with a lot of the ramifications of the tornado. And we had a major pastoral transition that happened right before our wedding and then continued to unfold while we were on our honeymoon. And so we came back to just a very different situation than we thought we were walking into in ministry. So these last last five years, I would say, We've been required to juggle some hats that you didn't necessarily expect, and you still do this very well, but also we still have to, we're continually learning how to set boundaries to protect our marriage and protect our time together so that your our marriage is solid, um, and that hasn't always been as straightforward, I would say, as we thought, but we're still learning to navigate that and have learned quite a bit already. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I think my answer is pretty similar. I think when we first got married, like that was kind of like you said, like right in that big transition for like work life. And so it went from kind of being part time in college to like helping like be one of the main kind of leadership pillars in the church. And then at the same time, like we had just gotten married and we were both in college and broke. And so at the same time, do you remember that summer when I did like 16 weddings as a DJ? Yep. I think during like that season, 
it was helpful for me to know that like I had like a really good partner in you and like the strength that you had encouragement that you showed me was like incredible because not only was I exhausted like physically from staying up late and doing DJ weddings and then coming and leading worship the next morning um emotionally I was just super drained and so I'm just grateful for the helper that I found in you uh beyond like some of those hard hard experiences um with not only work but like both of my grandparents passing away in the past few years um I don't know you've just been a gift to me and so well if there's been challenges like there's also sweetness that comes out of those you know mm-hmm. yeah I remember like right before we got married a lot of people said the first year's the hardest the first year's the hardest like I feel like there were even some people that said like you might not even like him after you get married but I would say the first year even though it was the hardest in ministry and there were a lot of things that were thrown at us that we didn't expect we were like I would say our marriage was very strong during that period because we Mm -hmm. had to like fully rely on each other. So, I mean, I don't necessarily agree with what people said, like the first year is the hardest and you're still, a lot of people thought as you walk into marriage, you're going to learn things about your spouse you didn't know and it's going to be difficult. Like the more I learned about you in that season, the more I like loved you and enjoyed being your partner. So as difficult as that first year was, I think it strengthened us a lot because the outside challenges required us to like rely on each other. Yeah. I don't absolutely. know if you would feel the same, but <laughs> No, yeah, I agree. Absolutely. Good. Next question, someone asked, does Caleb ever listen to the podcast? So, I listened to the first two episodes <laughs> in the entirety. Um, mm-hmm. but I also I help you edit them. And so, so anytime much. anytime that there's music or like different people, I do all the editing. Um, for like the final stuff you do all the the cuts and all that kind of stuff so i don't always listen to like a hundred percent of them but i know a lot about like the topics and the speakers and stuff just because we kind of talk about it and how you're excited about getting to interview some awesome people you're the first person i tell when a new person says yes to an interview and i freak out and get excited with you and then usually you have to read through the outline to make sure i have no typos and then you help me brainstorm and then you help me edit so you're you're a huge part of the entire process. So I'm not necessarily offended. You don't listen to everything, but you probably have a good idea of everything anyway. Yeah. Can you share a few things you've learned about marriage and what advice would you give to newlyweds? Yeah, I think for one of the things that I had thought through was just the importance. And we talked about in premarital counseling was just the importance of like finding a, like a couple or finding like multiple couples beyond even just your families that care about you both. And so uh, I can remember even just like recently calling our old friend, like the Hiles, who really cared for both of us and said, hey, like, guys, we need like just advice on like how to think about this rightly, how to make sure that like as we communicate, we're honoring one another. And so uh, finding people who can do that, um, obviously your parents on both of our sides, like we love them so much, but it can feel easy to like infer a a bias when you're kind of talking to one of them. And so Mm -hmm. kind of having a third party kind of person who isn't related to you, who cares for you, who knows you deeply, who's willing to tell you hard things, but also encourage you. um, I think that has been like one of the greatest benefits um, for us. And so I would say find, find people like that. Um, Definitely as newlyweds, there's lots of things you're trying to figure out find people who you can ask questions uh, about who will point you to truth. Yeah. 
I would say I thought immediately of two things. As cheesy as it sounds, it's really important to be individually rooted in the word and to be in the word. When I'm in the word, it's much easier for me to hold my tongue and to speak kindly and to rightly view difficult things in marriage. And so I've personally found a lot of encouragement in Romans 12, which talks a lot about the gospel and the marks of a true Christian and Mm. the ways that we are continually, we have to be renewing our mind with the word and be transformed by the word. And then because of the ways that Christ works through us and in us, we will naturally have these marks of a true Christian. So um, I would say if you're married and you're struggling, I would encourage you to read Romans 12 to meditate upon it and just to glean from that what you can. It's not necessarily speaking about marriage in that passage, but it is speaking about the gospel and the gospel has very serious implications for our marriage. And so meditating upon mm-hmm. that and seeing how that relates to your marriage was very helpful for me. Um, and I often will turn to that just to reflect on how well I am living in our marriage in light of the gospel. Hmm. And then also I would say practically, um, one of my mentors, Michelle Starry, she was our one of our marriage counselors. She encouraged us to pray for our spouse when we're in the middle of a disagreement because when you start, com- it like might start as complaining to God, but eventually it's going to turn into genuine prayer to God because it's really hard to stay unrighteously angry when you're speaking to God himself. And so praying for your spouse when you're, frustrated with them or when you're in the middle of a disagreement is really helpful because then you're going to naturally rightly come to a right view of what's going on because the Holy Spirit's going to work within you to reframe your mind set. And I would rather be speaking to God about it than speaking to someone else about it. So that was something that was practically really helpful for me. Related to that, did you and Caleb do premarital counseling and what exactly is it? I'm not really sure what exactly marriage counseling actually entails. So we did a group type marriage counseling setting. Um, I think there were like six to eight other couples in this class, and we had some friends that were in the class with us, but we met with a pastor and his wife in the area, and we walked through a marriage counseling book. I believe it was like a six to eight week class as well, and we walked through just different major topics that we needed to discuss in marriage. So we talked about finances, we talked about sex, we talked about having kids, we talked about, can you remember what else we talked Communication, about? Communication, conflict. Communication, yeah, definitely. Uh, family, all that kind of stuff, yeah. Yeah, so we just kind of walked through. They gave us advice. We looked at scripture, what scripture had to tell us about each of those topics, and then talked through like practical ways to handle disagreements when that arose. They gave us questions to ask each other so that we knew we had discussed everything we need to needed to before we walked into marriage and just knew that we were on the same page on certain things. Um, yeah, it's just in general, I think, a means to help you make sure that you're on the same page, that you are thinking rightly about marriage and walking into a marriage with a right heart and a right spirit. And then Also, they just give you practical ways to, once you do have a disagreement or when things are difficult in marriage later on, they kind of give you preemptive advice for when that arises. I don't know. How would you explain marriage counseling? Yeah, I I think what you said is good. Like it helped give us kind of a framework um, of how to process things that happen or like you said, kind of like anticipate what might happen. And so... I think it it was a really helpful tool for us to have an idea of what to expect and how and not only what to expect but like how to work those work through those things together. 
I remember my mom too, like saying like, Hey, have you guys thought about premarital counseling? And you and I had already talked about it. And she said something that I thought was crazy at the time. She's like, well, like you have to do it before, or we won't support like your guys getting married. And I was like, <laughs> that is crazy because she's awesome. But like, as a parent, I think I'm going to be the exact same way and be like, you really should have this time where you're talking about how does like a scriptural understanding of marriage, what the purpose is, how to think through a lot of the things that we talked about. And so I, I, if you've not considered doing it, I think you should absolutely do it. I think it'll help you be a better spouse and uh, a better friend for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think a lot of people think that it is something that you do when you're struggling or like it's a negative thing that if you have to go to counseling, that's negative. And premarital counseling isn't necessarily because you have a problem. A lot of times it's just to help you have the tools that you need. I like that you were use the word framework. That was a great word, babe. Thanks. It helps just prepare you for when challenges arise. But even if you have to go to counseling post marriage, like it's not a bad thing. Right. And I might be biased because I have studied biblical counseling and marriage counseling, and I'm all in favor of it, but it's not a bad thing to go to counseling, and it doesn't even necessarily have to mean that you have this huge problem. Like It could be that you're trying to work through something and having difficulty seeing eye to eye or being on the same page, and to have an outside person counsel you through that is a good thing. So mm-hmm. even if it's after marriage, like it doesn't have to be a bad thing that you're going to counseling. I actually really respect those who do go to counseling. Yeah, for sure. Abigail, what is your favorite thing about being married to Caleb? And Caleb, what is your favorite thing about being being married to Abigail? And then similarly, someone else asked, what is the best part about being married? So I think we can answer those at the same time. Sure. But my favorite thing about marriage or about being married to you is that you are genuinely like my best friend. And so I enjoy that I always have you around. Like, we're together in the morning, we're together after work, we're together on the weekends, we're together in the evenings. Like I always have you to be around and I would genuinely be around you all the time if I possibly could. And so I think that's great that we're such good friends, but it's really fun to just walk through every season of life and everything together. Difficult things, we get to be hand in hand walking through that. Really exciting things, you're the first person I get to celebrate with. And yeah, I just like being with you having you there to support me and to just enjoy life and to um, grow together in our walk with God. And you're the primary person that really challenges me and shapes me to be more like Christ. So just always having you around is my favorite part. (laughs) Our answers are pretty similar because I feel like this is something that we kind of talk about relatively frequently. And so for me, like, Growing up, I guess I always used to think that my best friends would always be guys. And that kind of that happened is because, like, I just had really, really, really close friends from middle school through high school. And so for me, I just always figured I'd have all my best guy friends and then I'd have my wife. And so being so young, I didn't catch that, like, how fun being married, like, how fun it is to be married. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So you get to spend like a ton of time together. And so it's almost like sleepovers every night with your best friend <laughs> uh, who knows you and like is there for you and can challenge you and help you be better. And so I think one of the things that you started saying, like even a couple of years ago, that's not just like you're my best friend. It's like you're my favorite friend. Like it's not just that I really like hanging out with you. It's like I love you and like you help me be better. Uh, you challenge me. And like I just really find like – 
joy and pleasure like spending time with you and so i think that's like when you use favorite friend like it's important to me it's special to me and so when we say like hey you're my favorite friend like it just means a whole lot and so it goes beyond just being best friends yeah you're pretty sweet (laughs) it just means a lot it's like a step above best friends next question how do you decide who does the chores and i will start with this one i think this is a difficult question to answer because i don't think we have like a set routine or rhythm and different seasons, it's looked a little bit different. I do try my best to be the one who is primarily managing those things around our home. So I know that you are working eight hours a day. You're continually at work. You're the primary provider for us. So I do try to make it my goal that when you come home, you don't feel like there's so much to get done And I know that you like to rest in a tidy space. And so I try to be on top of that, but I'm not always on top of that. And you are very kind to help me with those things. But I also think it's challenging because your family, often you and your siblings would surprise your mom by having the house clean when she would come home from work. And so naturally, I think you almost trained yourself to surprise me as well with those types of things. So especially when I was working full-time and you were a student still, because there was, I think it was our second year of marriage, I was working full-time, you were still a student at Cedarville. And so especially during that year, I would come home from work and you would already have those things done. And it's never because I've like asked you to do those things, but you just naturally do them to serve me. And I think you are very like acts of service driven. Like you really like that. So you often will do it for me, Mm -hmm. but I don't, I don't think I've ever asked you to do that. It's just something that you do. So I don't know. I try to be the one that's primarily in charge of those types of things around the house because I don't want you to come home from work and feel like there's so much more to do. And I don't want that to be a burden. Like I want our home to be a, a safe haven for you and a place that you can rest because you're working so hard at work. And I do think as the wife, I want to be on top of that because I do think I'm your helper. And so I want to help you in that way. So I try my best, but I'm not going to sit here and lie and say that I'm the one that's doing it all the time because you do certainly help me a ton. And yeah, how what from your perspective, how would you answer that? I think you serve me too well. <laughs> uh yeah when i thought through it i don't know we don't really like have anything specifically delegated to like one another or, like other, other than, than the than, trash like, other than the trash like i i take the trash out that's, that's like job. a man's job like i i don't know i'm not doing that i learned that quickly it wasn't quite <laughs> the same in my house but it was an expectation that became clear pretty quickly but yeah. i think what we have kind of is, is like it's kind of sweet it's natural like there's specific chores that like you do or that like I do like for example I absolutely despise vacuuming I hate it but like you don't mind it and so like that works pretty well I actually really enjoy like the simplicity and like quiet and what feels like efficiency when doing dishes and so it actually works pretty well because you don't really like doing dishes Mm -hmm. and so I don't know there's like just kind of natural rhythms that we find uh and one of the things that we do a lot is just like cook and bake together. And so like, I feel like we always have stuff that we have to clean. And so, yeah. I don't know. It just seems pretty natural. You serve me very well. And I, I do enjoy getting to surprise you and stuff uh, with the clean house because I know it means a lot. Yeah. Thank you for going to the grocery store. That actually is a chore for me and you enjoy doing it. And so that is that is one thing. I could never go to a grocery store again and be happy. So that's one way you serve me very well too. 
You are very welcome. I love going to the grocery store, so I really don't mind that one. <laughs> All right, next question says, what are a few of your favorite creative date ideas? I feel like we've gone on a whole lot of dates. So I wrote down like four or five <laughs> that I remember being like super fun. And so every time we've gone to any sort of festival, whether it was like the potato festival or the Italian <laughs> festival or even the German festival that we went to the other day, like that was just a lot of fun. And so like you see different things, you get surprised by just even different cultures. And so I think that was a super fun idea. One of my favorite dates that we did was like really early on in our dating relationship was going to Chuck E. Cheese. And mm -hmm. we played all those games and then we gave like a little kid all of our tickets. And so they probably got like Smarties and like whatever <laughs> coat of candy and something cheap. But it was just really fun like to see the joy that like we gave them for free and then also just had fun doing it. I think for, well, some of like if we talked about some of our favorite dates, typically they revolve around like what we did together rather than like the entertainment we experienced. Mm -hmm. Like going to concerts that were far away and we spent like two hours in the car just like talking and singing crazy and lip syncing into songs. Like I think it's it can be pretty simple, just like giving you time to talk to one another. So, yeah, those are some of the, the dates that I enjoyed. I figured they might be a cool creative tool to use in the future. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I put down concerts and different festivals places that we've like traveled to explore, like small towns and things we've gone to just to explore. And then some of my favorites are, I like cooking and baking with you. Um, we like learning together in the kitchen, learning new things. And Williams, Sonoma, and Sur La Table, they both have really fun online cooking classes. So we've done a few online cooking classes, which are like, I think Sur La Table is like $15 and Williams, Sonoma classes are like $20. But we've learned how to make pasta and ravioli from scratch. We made Bouche de Noël. I think that's how you say it. That was um, so Which good. is like a Christmas dessert. And we made French madeleines and cookies and learned from different famous chefs that they just do it like a Zoom call type class with you. And it's really fun. So you get to do it from home. And then I also put down bike rides with you in the summer and just exploring new places on our bikes because that's one of my favorite things to do. But oh, and then also going to restaurants, trying new restaurants. And we like to rate them. So we have a rating scale and we rate them together on mm -hmm. atmosphere, taste, value for money, and service, right? Is yes. that all four? That's yeah. all four. Yeah. So I got you a restaurant passport for Christmas as well. So we have like more specific questions to answer every time we go to a restaurant, which we still need to use. But I like going to new restaurants with you. Basically, all of our dates just revolve around food. <laughs> what is the sweetest gesture that your spouse has ever made for you? I would say one of like the sweetest things you've ever done was actually last Valentine's Day, and it was your gift that you gave to me. Do you remember what it was? I want to remember what it was, but I do not. <laughs> um, you contacted the band that wrote our first dance song, and oh, you had yeah. them record it and they did a mini concert video that they sent you and then we you had us dance together to it on valentine's day last year so that was one of the sweetest things they like said a little sweet note to us then played the song and we just had a video and we danced to it so i thought that was one of the sweetest things anyone could ever do so that was my favorite but you do things all the time so that was, that was a pretty good one. I will, I'm not going to lie. That was pretty good. <laughs> and if you've never listened to the Icarus account, you should you should definitely check them out. They're super nice. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, when I thought through this one, I there you were just the sweetest person, and I really do mean that. So I couldn't think of like one specific gesture, but like this week, I remember texting you at work and saying like, "Today has been the worst," and. I just you like just asked if there's anything you could do. I remember you called me right after I texted you, and you just checked on me to make sure I was okay. And then you like asked me like, do you, you gave me two options. Do you want to feed this meal or this meal? Because you, like you knew they were like my favorites. And then like you just encouraged me the rest of the night, and we kind of changed up like, even all your plans for that night, and just spent time with me. And so I don't know, you're just a, a sweet a sweet person already to me. And so that was just a really sweet gesture that happened this week that means a lot. I am really glad that it meant a lot. It did. What kinds of things do you enjoy doing together? I feel like we mentioned a lot of these, but cooking, baking. I think one that like we love doing is just kind of hosting. Like it's really fun. We have like my siblings and your siblings over like every Monday night. We like make snacks, we hang out, play games or watch TV or whatever it would be. Um, And just host other people like try and involve different relationships that we have to engage with other people. I think additionally, like one thing, I just love serving with you. And so we get to do that with our small group each week. Or since you serve on the worship team, we mm-hmm. get to serve together. All that kind of stuff is just a lot of fun. I would also say traveling. We enjoy traveling together. Facts. I wish we could travel all the time together, but mm-hmm. yeah, I noted a lot of the same things you mentioned. Name one piece of dating advice or marriage advice. I broke mine down into dating and marriage, but do you have any specific advice before I share mine? Find a best friend who has a super hot older sister. Oh my word. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kind of joking, but like <laughs> what what I found because of hanging out with Garrett, it was just that like we had a good friendship. Like mm-hmm. we knew one another. Uh, we helped understand, like it helped me understand who you were um, with people, not with people helped me understand like how you react to stress or challenges to help me see how like you care and serve for people. And so I think once you find out, uh, once for us, how it worked out and what others should probably pursue is once you find out some of those things about how they serve, how they care, how they react to things, I think you can be a better helper and servant for them and to think about like what that would look like longer term. And so when you think about, Hey, these things do make sense long term, like, I think for me, like that's kind of a good step to say, hey, we should we could go ahead and start maybe start this dating relationship or move on from there. Mm-hmm. And yeah. that dating relationship is just fed by like or fed into a really sweet marriage relationship. That's how it worked for us, at least. Yeah, my dating advice was exactly the same. I said, try to be friends first. And I actually genuinely think that relationships are more successful and healthier when the couple are when you're friends first. That's at least a trend that I have seen in a lot of married couples around us. The ones that were friends first, they tend to have like a deeper bond and connection that goes beyond just like physical attraction or initial attraction Mm -hmm. to each other. Um, So yeah, I would say my love for you is different and it's like deeper because I spent so many years as your sister in Christ and as your friend that now like our relationship is like built upon this very solid friendship, which I really appreciate. Mm -hmm. But for marriage advice, this might sound really silly, but something that we have always, I guess, advocated for and championed was just going to bed at the same time. And I don't Mm. mean that. I don't mean that in like a sexy way whatsoever. (laughs) I just mean that like 
not going to bed, not like having one spouse go to bed and the other spouse like staying up and watching TV or staying up and being on social media or staying up and working. Like we've always, like even when you were in college still, even when I'm studying now, like we try to have everything done at a certain time and we go to bed at the same time. Making sure we check in with one another before we go to bed is really special to me and something that I think all couples should do. But yeah. Yeah, for sure. I would say retweet to all of that. And <laughs> I remember talking to somebody a few years ago, like we had, we had gotten married and I told them like this, this is what we do. And we didn't even like set out to do that. No. Like go to bed at the same time and have that same schedule. Um, I just can't sleep without you. So. Yeah, true. Yeah. But when I was talking to him, like I, I had said something like that, we always go to the bed at the same time. And he just thought it was the craziest thing. Um <laughs> But for them, one of their things was that, like, it was a, a time where he felt, like, super tempted, like, to go back to our question earlier about, like, sexual temptation, like, to be alone, like, it was a struggle for him to have that time where, like, his wife was asleep. And so they started going to bed at the same time. And, like, it was super helpful for them. And, like, we saw, like, great victory kind of in that accountability that came from just going to bed at the same time. And so while, like, I didn't, we didn't really plan to set out, like, we're going to do that. Like, I think it really has been a, a, a huge benefit for the two of us, for sure. Hmm. Highly recommended. Definitely. There's one other thing I noted, and it's a more serious piece of marriage advice, but a book that I, one of my favorite marriage books is by Gary Thomas, and it's called Sacred Marriage. And he always talks about how marriage isn't meant to make you happy. It's meant to make you holy. And so yeah. I often think about that and try to remember that and that marriage isn't primarily to make us happy, even though like secondarily marriage makes me incredibly happy. Like you make me really happy. You bring me a lot of joy, but like the primary aim of our marriage isn't to make me happy. It's to make mm -hmm. me more like Christ. And so, um, I think you honestly find more happiness in marriage when you don't over-prioritize happiness in marriage. So yeah, sure. marriage isn't meant to make you happy. It's meant to make you holy. Um, and also that book by Gary Thomas is excellent. So I highly recommend. How long did you date before you got married? It was probably, it was four years, right? Four and a half years, maybe. Four and a half-ish, yeah. That sounds about right. Yeah. I think by the time we got married, it may have been a little over four and a half or closer to five, but... We yeah, were engaged for sure. six months, dated for like four and a half, I think, and then yeah. have been married for just under five. So Crazy. Which is wild. Last question I have for you is when do you think people should get married? I think I kind of talked about it a little bit earlier, but one of one of a, a good marks, and this is like maybe repetitive, but just when people in your life that you know and trust, like say you're ready, like when your dad and my dad were like, yeah, like you should do this. Like that's a good example uh, of maybe a sign that you're ready. And then I think just understanding like your own identity, like I wasn't only like Abby's boyfriend, but like I myself as a, a follower of Christ. And so I want to have pursued him very well so that I can serve and lead you very well. And so I think if you're living in like great sin areas or struggles, like maybe take some time, maybe make sure that you're living faithfully and to be able to faithfully serve and, and care for a spouse. And so I think it's probably a mixture of those two things. I actually, I forgot. I should ask you the questions I ask every guest. So I'm going to ask you three additional questions if that's okay, but we can do them quickly and like rapid fire them. But what are you currently studying in God's word? Right now I am reading in Matthew. Are there any books that you have read recently that you recommend to women listening? 
Right now, I am reading through Christ-centered preaching, and I cannot remember his name. Brian Chappell. It's Brian Chappell. Chappell. Yeah. Yeah. I couldn't remember if it's Chapel or Chappell. Uh, <laughs> it's just it's just really good, and it's not just about preaching. Like it's just kind of how to understand like God's word and how to communicate that and even apply it to like yourself and to do that faithfully in a way that like keeps the true intentions of what the authors were meant um, and then what the text is. So it's just really good. It's like really long. It's like 400 pages. So I'm reading through it slowly, but it's just been really good. What brings you joy outside of your salvation? So these are everyday enjoyments that although they are temporal, they still remind you that life is a gift from God intended to be enjoyed. Am I allowed to answer with Apex Legends? You are allowed to answer with Apex Legends. <laughs> uh, you might want to explain like what that is, though. Yeah. Well, it's like the best video game in the world, and I play <laughs> on PlayStation. And one of the best things was uh, during COVID, we ha- ended up borrowing a PlayStation, and so you and I got to play Apex together. Mm-hmm. And so it's just kind of like a silly game. It's a good way to just kind of release stress, and I just enjoy playing. Yeah, I was a gamer for a while. Yeah, you were. You were cute with your little <laughs> headset on. Nice. Any other everyday enjoyments? I think a, a, on the kind of similar but serious note, I think I, I try and call at least one of my siblings or text one of my siblings every day. And so mm-hmm. for me, I, I think there's just a sweetness that comes from having uh, five siblings that I have to options to talk to, but just checking in with them and caring for them. Like it really is just like kind of a simple joy um, that I don't want to take for granted regardless of where they live in location. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you for joining me. I enjoyed chatting with you and having an excuse to ask each other questions on a date night. So, yeah, thanks for having me. Whether you are single, dating, engaged, or married, I hope that this episode was an encouragement to you. I know I'm a little bit biased, but I think Caleb is pretty cool, and his wisdom always encourages and challenges me. I hope that by sharing him with you today that you are encouraged or challenged too. If a resource or a scripture passage mentioned in this week's episode caught your attention, I will have all resources listed and linked on my website, abigailoneal.com. Caleb and I also plan to share some of our favorite creative date ideas on the blog later this week, so stay tuned and follow along on Instagram so that you do not miss out on those. Thank you for listening to today's episode. Of course, it is my desire to see these discussions of scripture, theology, and womanhood passed on in order that more and more women may feel equipped and encouraged to love and to live God's good design in their daily lives. I would love it if you would share this episode or the About Her podcast in general with the women in your life. If you enjoyed this particular episode and have a moment or two to spare, I would also so appreciate it if you left a rating or review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. This is one of the easiest and most effective ways through which you can help spread the word about the podcast. I can't wait to chat more about God and his word soon. Have a great week.